Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible, learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, and welcome back if you've listened before, and welcome if this is your first time. My name is Missy Armstrong, and we are studying Isaac. Last week, we got down to Isaac actually getting together with Rebecca and marrying Rebecca. And now, we're going to continue on with Isaac's life. So, we're going to start... In Genesis 25 and we will be starting at verse 19 this is the account of the family line of Abraham's son Isaac Abraham became the father of Isaac and Isaac was 40 years old when he buried Rebekah the daughter of Bethel the Armenian from Paddan Aram and the sister of Laban the Armenian Isaac prayed to the Lord on the behalf of his wife because she was childless and the Lord answered his prayer and his wife Rebekah became pregnant the babies jostled each other within her and she said why is this happening to me so she went to inquire of the Lord and the Lord said to her two nations are in your womb the two people from within you will be separated one people will be stronger than the other and the other will serve the young the older will serve the younger Isaac's marriage though happy and promising from the beginning um they found they came up to trials and difficulties when Rebecca was thought to be barren like Sarah and here is two women married to men that God says I'm going to make you the father of many nations and then his son is of course going to be the seed that creates all of these this nations but he's sitting around thinking she's not pregnant what's happening and so this caused great concern for Isaac and then he prayed and interceded with God on Rebecca's behalf. The prayer he prayed was filled with intensity and concern. It, it says Isaac pleaded or in Hebrew the word means agonized with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And God heard Isaac's prayer. And in God's timing the Rebecca that they thought might be barren became the mother of two sons, twins. And this, of course, becomes Jacob and Esau. But even inside the womb, inside her, it foreshadowed the struggles that they would see as the two twins are born and then their life continuing. 
God arranges things and events and situations in our lives and in his people sometimes to make us dependent upon him. In the case of Abraham and Sarah, God waited to his timing to show that this was a miracle provided by God. Isaac was the miracle provided by God. And then he made Isaac wait with Rebekah to the right time to get her pregnant. Again, putting his Isaac's dependence completely upon God. So that when these children are born, it was not something I did. It was something God provided. So many times in our lives, we get to these points where God puts us in a situation that requires us to be completely dependent upon Him. Completely dependent on His timing. It is inconvenient at times, but He does it to show, to show us how great He is. His timing is perfect. And when we look back at it, we're like, yeah, his timing was right. It was right. Everything fell into place according to God's plan. But when we're living it, a lot of times we get like Isaac and we start to worry that what we want or what we think God's promises are for us are not happening in the timely manner that we wish they would happen. But God had a plan. God wanted him to be dependent on him. And he was completely dependent on God. And then. Surprise. He held up his promises. That he always does. And then. Not one child. But two. And. So here begins. The Jewish nation. Continuing from. From Abraham to Isaac. On down. To Jacob. And Esau. So. They're living their lives. They're thinking things are pretty good. And then there's a famine. <laughs> in the land. And so let's continue. In Genesis 26. Now there was a famine. In the land. Not the famine. That was previous famine of Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Ambalak, the king of the Philistines, in Gear. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give these lands, and I will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and give them all the lands and through your offspring all the nations on the earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him keeping my commands my decrees and my instructions so Isaac stayed in Gerar and when the men of the place asked him about his wife he said she is my sister because he was afraid to say that she is my wife. He thought the men of the place might kill him on the account of Rebekah because she is beautiful. When Isaac 
had been there for a long time, Ambalak, the king of the, of the Philistines, looked down from his window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. So Ambalak summoned Isaac and said, She is really your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? And Isaac answered him, Because I thought I might lose my wife on the account of her. Then Ambalak said, What is this that you have done to us? One of the men might have slept with her, with your wife and would have brought guilt upon us. So Ambalak gave the orders to all his people, Anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> well, it should. Uh, because Abraham does this not once, but twice with Sarah. And then again, Isaac does this. Now, I don't know if Abraham shared the information with Isaac previously um, that this had happened. Or if it's just what was the first thing that popped into his head. But here he is in this same situation. And he believes his wife is so beautiful. People are going to kill him to get hurt. And maybe she was. I mean, I don't know. And it is amazing and wonderful to think that Abraham and Isaac thought so highly of their wives. And thought that they were so beautiful that other people would want them so much that they would kill for kill him to be with their wives. This is a statement according to like a beautiful thing when you think about it. Even though lies, lies and deceit occurred. They thought their wives were so beautiful. They looked on their wives as amazing and then their actions were not quite like upstanding but they did think wonderfully of their wives but then this happens and they lie both Abraham and Isaac lie and say She's my sister. Right? And in both situations, in both men's situations, the kings or the leaders of the other countries are like, you could have caused so much damage. God would have been, you know, put, put wrath on us or cursed us because you lied to us. Right? And so, while they may have had this fear, they let the fear overtake them, right? They did not have faith in God that God would take care of them in this other country or with these other peoples. And the fear caused the sin. And nowhere in the Bible does it ever say that a lie is justified. It actually says the opposite in many places. Right? I'm just going to tell you a couple. But you can look in the Bible all over. And it tells you don't lie. Or be honest. So in Colossians 3.9 it says. Do not lie to one another. 
seeing that you have put off the old nature with its practices. And then in John 3, I mean John 8, 32, you see, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Right? I could read verses all day long that tell you don't lie. And this situation is an example of what continues to happen frequently in our lives today. Fear takes over. The fear of what we think might happen takes over and then we end up going away from God's plan. We end up sinning in different ways because we are afraid of what might happen. A few years ago I was doing a study, a Bible study on being fearless. Right? And I discovered a thing while I was studying to create this Bible study. And it was that faith stops where fear begins. When you become afraid and your fear takes over, your faith has ended. Because you stopped believing that your God was big enough to handle your problems. So don't let fear take you like Abraham and Isaac. Don't let it lead you down a path of sin. God's got this. He always had it. If he has promised you something, that promise will be fulfilled. Sometimes it may take 20 years or 40 years or 100 years, but it will be fulfilled. So let's continue. In Genesis 26, 12, Isaac planted crops in the land, and that same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells of his father's servants that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up and filled with earth. Then Amalek said to Isaac, Move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from the place where, from there, and encamped in the valley of Gar. He settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave the same names his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Ger quarreled with those of Isaac and said, The water is ours. So he named the, the well Essek because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well. But they quarreled over that one also, and he named it Sina. And he moved from there and dug another well. No one quarreled over it, so he named it Rehoboth, saying, Now God has given us room, and we will flourish in this land. From there, he went up to Beersheba. That night, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the Lord God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. 
I will bless you and you will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Isaac built an altar there and called the name called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent and there his servants dug a well. Meanwhile, Ambalek came from came to him from Ger with Ahusa the his personal advisor and Fickle the commander of his forces. Isaac asked him, Why have you come to me since you were hostile to me and sent me away? They answered, We saw clearly that the Lord was with you. So we said, There ought to be a sworn agreement between us. Between us and you, let's make a treaty with you that you will do no harm to us just as we did no harm to you but always treated you well and sent you away peacefully and now the Lord is has blessed you Isaac then made a feast for them and they ate and drank early the next morning the men swore the oath to each other and then Isaac sent them on their way and they went away peacefully that day Isaac's servants came to him and told him the well they about the well they had dug and they said we found water and he called it Sheba and on that day the name of the town was named Beersheba Isaac continued to work he was there was a famine but he continued to work he continued to do what God wanted he continued to work and he was blessed and he, the famine was there, but he was blessed. And even when he was sent away from the Philistines and they opened a well, then there was quarreling. They moved on. They opened another well. It was quarreling. Then he moved on and he opened a third well. Isaac was not seeking to overcome these other people or take over these other people. He was simply seeking to exist peacefully with them. And to exist peacefully with them, he made concessions. He moved on. He tried to find the place where God would bless him. And so... God continues to bless him, which in turn shows the Philippine or shows the Philistines that even though he failed, even though he messed up once or twice, God was still with him. The Philistines recon recognized God had blessed him, <coughs> and because of that, they wanted a treaty with him. When we're working for God. Even in the hard times. Even during the famines. God will bless us. And other people who may not believe in God. Or maybe even believe in a different God. They can see what God is doing for us. Recently our church went through a, a patch. Where there was some things happening. Shouldn't have been happening. There was some people doing you know. And there was like a famine 
in our church, right? But we worked hard. We continued to work. We continued to seek God's will. There was a split, and the small portion of us that was left, we continued to seek God's will for our life and to seek God's will for church. We continued to work. We got a pastor who is teaching God's word and who wants to do outreach and wants to really has a heart for doing what God wants in our lives. And because of that, we have been blessed. People are starting to see it and starting to come and say, we see what God's doing in your church. I want to be a part of it. Or why they're asking questions, which then opens the door for us to tell them God is blessing us because we are following his will. We are staying true and we are fighting the good fight. And so sometimes you might feel spiritually jaded. You might feel like you're in a famine spiritually, so to speak. Maybe some past failure or something has just pierced your soul and is causing you grief because you can't forgive yourself or because you haven't asked and you haven't confessed to God to let you put it behind you. Put it behind you and do as Isaac did and go out and do new work for God. Right? In Philippians 3, 13 and 14 it says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. My son gets on to me because I purposely misstate the saying sometimes because I think it's funny. And instead of put your past behind you, I say, put your past in the behind and look forward. Right? Because if your behind is in the past, you're looking at the future. Unless you're an L. And I haven't met a person who's an L yet who can turn around and look behind them. So, don't focus on the past. Ask forgiveness for it. Confess it. And move towards the future. Now, we're going to jump a little bit in Isaac's life. And Jacob and Esau are now adults, right? Isaac is older and he's going blind, right? He doesn't see very well. Jacob is the second born. And Esau is the first born. Now, previously, Jacob had tricked Esau into giving him his birthright and then now Rebecca and Jacob are working together to get Esau's blessing given to Jacob instead of Esau back in Bible times Esau or the oldest the oldest would get a blessing from the father and then the second born would get a another blessing but not quite as good as the first blessing and it was extremely important and if you 
look at the blessings from child to child even after I mean this blessing of to Jacob definitely you can look at it and see this is what happened but if you look at Jacob's blessing to his 12 sons and then you look at the 12, 12 tribes of Israel that blessing stands true through generations of these tribes and so God follows the blessings of these men and so this is what is happening in Genesis 27 let's start at verse 18 he which we're talking about Jacob went to his father and said my father yes son he answered who is this Jacob said to his father I am Esau your firstborn I have done as you told me Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked the son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? Isaac, er, the Lord, your God, gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come here so that I can touch you, my son, so I can know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father and touched him. And he said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. So he did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau? He asked. I am, he replied. And then he said, My son, bring me some of your game meat, so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate. And he brought him some wine and he drank. And then the father, his, then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. And then Isaac caught the smell of his clothes. And he blessed him and smell, said, Oh, the smell of my son, like the smell of the field. And the Lord, that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches. An abundance of grain and new wine. Many nations serve you and peoples bow to you. Be Lord over your brothers that the sons of your mother bow down to you. And those who bless you are blessed and those who curse you be cursed. After Isaac finished blessing him, Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence when his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too had prepared a tasty food and brought it to his father. And then he said, My father, please sit up and eat some game so that you may give me your blessing. His father, Isaac, asked him, Who are you? I am your son, he answered, your firstborn Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came in and I blessed him. And indeed he will be blessed. Then Esau heard that his heard his father's words and burst out with a loud cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. But he said, Your brother has dece- has came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob? The second in line has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he's taken my blessing. And then he said, Haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have made him lord over you, 
and have made all of his relatives his servants and I have sustained him with the grain and new wine so what can I possibly do for you my son then Esau said to his father do you not have one blessing my father bless me my father Esau wept loud his father Isaac answered him your dwelling will be away from the earth's, earth's riches away from the dew from the heavens above you will live by the sword and you will serve your brother but when you grow west restless you will throw his yoke from your neck as Esau, or as Isaac in approaches the last days of his life like I said according to the custom he gives his blessing and he thinks he's giving it to his firstborn Esau but Rebecca and Jacob have concocted this plan and they covered his hands made him smell like Esau cooked this dinner that Esau would have cooked and taken it to Jacob or to Isaac who is going blind and he can't see now he obviously suspects something's weird because he asked him over and over again are you sure he sounds like Jacob but he's saying he's Esau he feels like Esau and he smells like Esau and he finally says okay so it is Esau and then he gives him this blessing and then Esau comes in and discovers that not only had previously he taken his birthright, but now Jacob has taken his blessing. It has made Isaac not happy and has made Esau furious. But what has done is done, and Jacob gets the blessing. Now, it's important to notice that to note that this is not the end of Isaac's life yeah he was getting older and they thought that he was like going blind he needed to pass on his blessing but he lived for many years after this incident and he died at the age of 180 and we will look into this incident and look into Jacob and Esau in detail uh, next week and a little further on but what's important to learn what are some lessons that we learn from Isaac Isaac started out the obedient son and he started out being pretty fond of the good life that God was giving him uh, he did have a few negative qualities he made a few mistakes but even in spite of those mistakes, he has a lot of virtues that we ourselves as Christians should have. He had faith. He had faith in God in most instances. Enough faith that he shows us what we can do to prove our faith. He shows us his faith in God and what God's promises he had, give, had given him. He's obedient. Not only to his father, but also to God. He shows his obedience many times over. 
And he is happy. And he does not. He may not be completely happy. But he is content. Being obedient. And so. He has affection. Not only to his wife. But to other people. He shows love. And affection. To other people. And I'm not talking about. You know actually. Lustful affection. Or anything like that. I'm talking about. A genuine. Godly love. Or a brotherly love. Towards other people. He shows it to his dad and his mother. He shows. He has affection for his servants. And his people by moving them. And trying to keep the peace. So that he doesn't have to sacrifice their lives. In a quarrel or a battle. Over a piece of land. He shows affection to his wife and to his family. He also shows gentleness and to his wife when she is thought to be barren. He loves her and intercedes in prayer for her and treats her kindly. You never see in any part of his story a mention of him looking at other women being with other women nothing and he obviously loved and cared for his wife and thought his wife was so beautiful that somebody would kill him for her that's amazing <laughs> right uh he he was not aggressive but he was gentle. He was gentle with everyone. He was patient. He waited on the Lord. He worked the fields. He was patient. He sacrificed. With the wells. And with other things. To keep the peace. To protect his family. Protect his, his servants. And all of his things. He tried to. Be patient. And to. Sacrifice. To show love. To keep. The peace. And he was humble. You never see Isaac. Throwing his weight around. Telling people. Hey. Guess what. God's going to bless the world through me. He might have occasionally. But it's not mentioned here. And in most of his dealings with other people, you see him be quite humble. Even though God has given them the land, and he could maybe throw that around. He doesn't. He does have faith. And he keeps the faith most of the time. These qualities, when you look at them, they're what God wants us to be. Right? He wants us to have faith. He wants us to be obedient. He wants us to love others. He wants us to be gentle. To be patient. To be sacrificing. And to be humble. And so. Never forget. The lessons learned by Isaac. Studying Isaac. Even when you make mistakes. 
Come back. Work hard. God will bless. Confess your sins. Turn away from them. And follow God with faith. And that's what I learned from Isaac. So next week we will jump into Jacob. And we will start learning a little bit about Jacob and Esau. I really hope that you enjoyed this week. I always want you to remember to smile. Because God loves you and so do I. Be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And I hope God blesses you and that you can see that God is with you always. Thank you and have a great week.